Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me today. This is the Spicy Pecan Podcast. Have you ever had a dream that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could. Hey guys, thank you, thank you for joining me again for another episode of the Spicy Pecan Podcast. I just wanted to take a minute and thank everyone for the feedback, the uh, show topic ideas, the questions, uh, comments in the post. The participation has been really, really cool to see. So thank you guys. You're definitely helping in me cultivating topics that you'd be interested in and definitely helping me gear the podcast so that it's better suited. Um, If you haven't already, make sure that you do subscribe so that you get notified for every upcoming episode. Uh, Once they're actually loaded, you'll get a little ding and it'll notify you that there's a show there. So make sure that you're subscribing. So today... We are super lucky to have Sandy Lewis. She's our special guest today. She is a business consultant and career coach. Her company is called Push the Dream Network. And she will be giving us some overall tips about starting a business, you know, in a time like this and in a downtime, a crisis time, Um, but more so just overall gems about business ownership. But this, this show is not just about or just for entrepreneurs because a lot of you may not even realize that in a lot of ways you're already a business owner. I recently had a conversation with a young lady. Sometimes I get calls about um, people needing like sales tips and things like that just because I've been in it so long. So I'll get these calls from entrepreneurs or people who are thinking about um, starting a company or selling a product. So I got a call, young lady, she makes lotions, uh, lip balms and face masks, things like that. Very holistic. Um, She currently is, you know, just selling them lightly, word of mouth, friends and family, coworkers, things like that. Um, And she told me that she was afraid of sales. And I hear this all the time. I think this is one of the biggest reasons why people do not get into business ownership in the traditional ways that they should. So I am here to tell you that you are already a salesperson. Get that out of your head, you're already selling, and a lot of people are selling almost every day. So what I explained to her is the clothes that you're wearing. You're already selling. Anytime someone says, wow, that's a really nice outfit, where did you get that from? If they go out and buy one piece of the outfit as you explained it, You just sold them something. You're just not getting paid for it. So somebody says, hey, that perfume, that smells so good on you. What is that? You're advertising for another company. You are selling another company's product. So you've already been a salesperson. You're just not thinking about it in terms of that. We all sell things that we believe in. We all sell things that we're passionate about. If you've gone on your social media at any point during this quarantine and shouted out a show, a movie, recommended a place for someone to go for whatever they were asking about, you are selling. You're in the process of selling. And that's all it is. That is all it is. So in in speaking with her, I just was explaining that 
the more passionate you are about your product, the more passionate you are about the service that you're offering, it's easier for you to sell because it doesn't feel like selling. It's something that you already believe in and it's something that we do all the time anyway. Going back to the clothing item, if there is a logo or label on your shirt, you're selling, you're advertising, you're just not getting compensated for it. So I just wanted to kind of bring that up and kind of, you know, change people's minds about how they're looking at the things that they're currently doing. Um, You know, another example I gave her was, say you work in retail and your boss came to you and he said, you know, you're working at the checkout, you're going to be, you know, checking people out uh, as they leave the store. I need you to let every single person know that Snickers is on sale. We're going to put a little display by your register and I want you to let them know that is selling. That is selling. And it's something that we're doing all the time. And I guarantee most of us, if you're in a job and your company says that you now have to start promoting this product or selling this product, we would take that task on much easier than if we were doing it for ourselves. So in a way, I had to explain to her that she needed to give herself permission to believe in what she was doing to move forward. We started then talking about business ownership overall. Uh, A lot of people have fears about, you know, venturing out on their own and things like that. Now, this young lady, she's already currently employed. This is something more of a side hustle for her. And that's the traditional route. Most people will leverage their current job to position position themselves um, in a way to start their, uh, you know, their business venture. But you're already a business owner. Right now, if you are an employee you are essentially selling your skills and time in exchange for a rate of pay that you hopefully negotiated. You're already selling your time and skills to a larger company. Your time and skills are your product. So in a sense, not only are you a hell of a salesperson, but you are a moving business, right? You're making recommendations to people. You're making people aware of sales and promotions. If you're a supervisor at your job or have supervisor experience, you have motivated teams. You've disciplined teams where they needed to. Building your team by training new employees. That's a business owner. Those are business owner functions. So let's take it a little bit of a step further. You get paid every week or every other week. You're creating a budget, you're paying expenses, you're managing your time, you're replenishing inventory in your home, you may be managing other people's time if you have a family of your own, you're already completing huge functions of a business owner. You just currently operate under a parent company. My proposition to you is, have you thought about taking some of that power back? operating outside of that parent company for your own benefit. Right now, businesses are restructuring, creating plans of how they're going to move forward. Right now is not the time for us to not be thinking in an entrepreneurial way. We can't afford it. In a country where 83% of a relief package goes straight to the top 1%, It's time to begin opening our minds to other ways of generating money 
other than just having a job. If you are home, laid off, and you never want to be in this situation again, it's time to put your thinking cap on and figure out how you can feasibly create an opportunity for yourself. And it's happening all across the country. People are really making lemons into lemonade. Rather than waiting to be called for work, people are creating opportunities right now using what they have, whether that be an unemployment check, savings, or if you are working, the little bit that's left over. But here is the good news. The good news is that some of the largest companies were created in times just like this, downturns in the economy, recessions and depressions, Pressure makes diamonds, people. IBM, GE, GM, FedEx, Hyatt, IHOP, MTV, CNN, all companies that started in economic downturns. An example I want to give you, and it's a really, really good example, Procter & Gamble. So if you're not familiar with the company, Procter & Gamble owns Head & Shoulders. They own Pantene, Tide, uh, just to name a few. William Proctor, he apprenticed as a candle maker, opened his first store, it was a dry goods store, and the store was robbed at gunpoint. He ended up being in debt, and this is 1832, in debt for $8,000. So he decided to emigrate from London to US with his wife. Now back then travel was very, very hard. And just like now, you could catch something, you know, a bacterial infection, a viral infection, and people just died back then. You know, they didn't have, obviously, the health innovations that we do now. So people would just fall ill and die. And unfortunately, that's what happened with his first wife. Um, She started becoming sick as they were crossing the Ohio River and died a few months later in Cincinnati, where he eventually settled. So he gets a job at a bank. And he starts selling his candles on the side for additional income. He gets remarried and his brother-in-law just so happens to be a soap maker. So they partner up and they make Procter & Gamble in a nationwide panic and depression in 1837, smack dab in the middle. The company is now 170 years old, 135,000 employees. They're operating in 80 different countries have $79 billion in sale, and is still a family-owned company. Now that's where we're talking about some generational welfare. And how relatable was that story? How many of us have tried something and we hit a roadblock and we just kind of walked away? How many of us went to school for something, but we never really used it? How many of us have been in debt and didn't know how we were going to catch up? How many of us have lost loved ones? How many of us have had a side hustle? How many of us are realizing if I don't do something different, if I don't begin to cultivate a new income stream, I'm never going to be able to complete the goals that I have in life. Proctor could have said, nah, I'm not doing this again. The last time I ventured out on my own, not only did I fail, But I lost money, and in an attempt to start a new life, I lost my wife. We have to remember that this country is not kind to the employee. We have to realize that you are already a business owner in so many ways. 
You're already a salesperson, but are you going to take advantage of that to your own benefit? Certain businesses are going to thrive out of this, cleaning companies being one of them. Office buildings, apartment communities, just off the top of my head, they'll have to be cleaned at a level that they haven't been before. We know that there are these lights that kill bacteria and potentially viruses. I can certainly expect an uptick in people selling those. There are certain people that will not be sending their kids back to school. So online learning options. There will be a lot of things that will come out of this. Is there a way that you can get a piece of that for yourself and your family? You are already a business owner. So what will your venture be? I think now is a really good time for a commercial break. And right after the break, we will be joined by Sandy Lewis. is called Hands Across the Table. Whether it conjures up a picture of two romantic people holding hands or a picture of Junior reaching across the table for a second piece of cake, I want you to remember this one fact. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. All right. Miss Sandy, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so lucky to have you. Um, just so that we start, so people can get a sense of who you are, tell us a little bit about, about your background and what you're doing now. Okay, yes. Well, my background for you is I have been in the, the um, administrative. I've worked for the doctor's, doctor's offices for about maybe about five years back in the early, um, late 1998, 97, 98, 99, 2000s. And then I, in turn, started my own business in 20, probably about 2001, right before 9-11 happened. So, but I've always, my dad was, um, he, he was an entrepreneur. So I think that's where I got my niche from for is being in the business world. So he was a barber and he's been a barber all of his life. He's also been in the military. So he had that discipline about him and he passed it on to his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> so here again, um, and my, yeah. And my mom, she was, a she was a factory worker. So I kind of saw both worlds and knew what world I wanted to be in and didn't want to be in. So I, I kind of saw how, what she went through. You know, being someone, nothing wrong with employees, um, being self-employed was basically the route that I, I think was would have been better for us generating, creating a legacy and a, creating wealth, like I always talk to people about. So, and then out, outside of that, I've owned two salons in my own businesses. And I, um, in between that, I had a, net, a knack to help others start their businesses. So, you wow. know, that's when people start. Yeah, and people started asking me about, you know, Sandy, you know, can you help me do this? Even some that was sitting in my chair, because we would have business conversation. The salon talk was, a, in my salon, wasn't like the gossipy talk. We would talk about real issues and things like that. So that's kind of like, you know, you set your own tone in your business. That's with any business. You set your tone and your atmosphere and then kind of like your clientele follow along from there. And so here I am today. Yeah. Know, teaching. 
helping others. Yeah. Absolutely. And it sounds like you started your business um, in a time where we were like at the cusp of an economic recession. Exactly. So you've lived through this before. In yes. A sense. Actually, twice, because I, you know, we'll get into it later in the conversation here. But in 2008, I had a, I had one of these um, coronavirus situations too with my business. Yes, my first business at, at that, I had to close the doors and I had to make a decision. But we can talk about that later, because sometimes you know you're gonna have times when you have to make hard decisions about your business. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say are your areas of, of expertise? Okay, my areas of expertise, is, it will be business, um, you know, helping with business credit, helping you start your business, helping you to sustain your business and helping you with administrative pieces that, you know, for your business and the marketing pieces. Those are my strengths in the, you know, and I do, you know, pretty much an overall, like help write business plans and things like that. But for the most part, that's where you know, my, my strong expertise is, and that's where mostly my client base really get the, um, I guess, get the most benefit and the most value from me. Okay. What are you, um, what are you saying right now? Are any of your clients, um, like struggling right now just to kind of, you know, figure out where they are in this current climate? Yes, I have maybe, I have a few of them that really are just, Okay, one is has a security business, and you know they had contracts with um, a few churches. But you know what happened with the churches? A lot of the doors wasn't open, and for the churches, the congregation. So they, in terms, really was also had a had a, a contract that they worked for this other company. You know that really was was kind of sustained um, this you know this coronavirus climate we have here. So what I will suggest to people in this in this particular era, you know, you have to have multiple streams of income coming in. If you have a business, you must have at least, you know, have your own niche that you do, then maybe contract out with businesses that you have to do your research on that you feel like will be around if something, you know, would happen. If you have the services to, to you know, to kind of, you know, to kind of um, add value to their company now. Yes. Because some businesses, I mean, you just, you just really, some people will really have to just change. But that's the only client, well, like I said, that's the pretty much the only client that I can say. And then the other, you know, the other client that I have is kind of like borderline. They have like three businesses that they're doing. So one is struggling a little bit. But the other two are doing, you know, they're sustaining these times. But it's rough now. Don't get me right. wrong. It's, it's, it's rough for everybody. Now, there's going to be people who are going to listen to this podcast currently laid off, unemployed, trying to figure out, not knowing when they will either be called back to work or if they're going to be called back to work. How can they start thinking now if they had a desire to start a business before? How do you even start to try to do that? during a time like this? Oh, wow. Well, um, I would think really in a down market, and I understand in a down recession, I know people just have to really think outside of the box and it's gonna be really hard. You gotta kind of get yourself out of the news and, and find the opportunities, find the diamond in the rough. And I know it's so hard, you know, 
that, you know, people saying, well, how in the world can you find opportunity in all of this chaos here? You got to find a problem and solve it. Somebody out there in the world, believe it or not, is doing real well right now due to the fact, you know, that maybe, you know, some of us are saying, wow, we, we can't, I don't see who in the world can survive this, but there's some businesses out there. You just gotta, you just kind of, kind of brainstorm, I would think, you know, yeah. if that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would think there are a lot of people. So if you were a hairstylist, maybe you can teach techniques mm-hmm. online and yes. maybe it's not going to pay all of your bills, but it may start to right. supplement something so that you kind of can have something to springboard off of. Or if you are a DJ, you can also share those types of skills or, you know, just any of those types of things. If I'm, if I'm thinking along the lines of how you answer the question, that's, that's what you were, okay. Yes. 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 And it's exciting. It's, it can be an exciting time for some people because this is a very new way of doing things and you have a captive Uh audience and that a lot of people are home right now. Exactly. And then too, you know, because of course we know like with Amazon, if you have any kind of, you know, let's say for instance, speaking businesses, if anybody was in the speaking business, they can write, you know, write a guide or a book or something, how to do something or give people motivation. And like you say, using the virtual, all of, you know, the Zoom, you know, using Zoom, using um, all of these platforms for digital marketing, you know, and creating your products online and just definitely in the beauty industry, making sure that we teach people, teach our clients how to use products, buy products wholesale and sell them to your clients. Don't allow these, you know, other stores to sell like the drug stores. And I think all of these other stores, they say they pretty much sold out of hair color product, you know, create something of your own and mix the color up yourself and send it to your color. Let your color, your clients purchase it from you versus someone else. And I know that can be, some people can argue and say, well, you know, certain product is professional use only, but not if you mix it for them. So that can be, you know, they can handle that locally as a way of allowing their customers to at least, especially those that are gray, you know, may have gray hair and they, they their roots are getting a little platinum right now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. There are creative ways to make it happen. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Now, um, some people are currently working, but had the desire to start a business. So what uh-huh. do you, what type of advice do you typically give people in trying to leverage their current job to start a business and to kind of load balance both, <laughs> you know, it's tough. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I, um, I tell you what I would, would recommend that they do is they, First, um, take that skill set that they already that they already have. Take that skill set and you know market it. You know market it out in the into the marketplace, and and then possibly go and talk to the employee and employer and find out what can they do. Basically, what what else can they do for the company? I, you know what I'm saying? It's it's like what else can they do for the company that you know that they can use all of their skills because i'm sure they most of them are probably just doing one specific job you know for the company and then also get online and virtual will definitely be the way to go now yeah definitely yeah so in terms of credit 
Can you speak to the importance of credit in our personal lives and also how we can utilize it in, in potential business ventures? Okay, yes. Okay, yes. First, the power of our credit in our personal lives, it comes down to basically you, when you have in personal credit, you can basically do more, like for instance, purchasing a car, purchasing a home, you know, purchasing big ticket items. That's the most, that's the power to me because home ownership and basically um, also having transportation is very, a very important aspect. And to be honest with you, that is the way to generational wealth because with real estate, you can purchase real estate when you have basically personal credit as well, but business credit, business credit can take you on another to another stratosphere and i don't think a lot of people realize that business credit is a process but it it, it is more more heavily weighted at versus personal credit and what i mean more heavily weighted i mean when you have business credit you normally get more of a line of credit you know and, the, and there's a process that you can how you can build your business credit i teach that in some of my courses that i give but having business credit is going to, you're going to have more leverage. And then like personal credit, you'll be able to purchase more. And especially with business credit, you have more money to do, you know, purchase inventory. You will be able to have more, you know, maybe if you have a business and you want to start a new location, you probably can do that with your business credit if it's strong enough. So you can probably have the money, the funding to start another, you know, start for inventory, hire employees and that kind of thing. You can always use business credit for those kind of things. And and both of them have power in them in a different, you know, different ways. But I hope that, you know, that helped a little bit and explained some, you know, somewhat what yeah, the power yeah, of both of them absolutely. are. I think, uh, absolutely. I think a lot of people don't realize that if you just slowly start to improve your credit, it opens you up to so many possibilities once, right. you know, once you have established that history and you don't necessarily need all of the capital. A lot of people's struggle is that they don't have $10,000, $5,000 to start a business. A lot of people right. think that they have to start a business with all this money. If you're taking care of your personal finance, that can mm -hmm. be your bridge. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. So um, I did want to kind of go back to that first story. You were telling me about um, the salon where you almost had to close it. Oh, yes. Okay. Back I didn't forget. <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 that's fine. Back in 2007, 2008, when they, um, the, the, the um, market, you know, the things started going and it going down the market was everything was going out was almost headed to the you know depression remember president obama president at that present time he had to you know he had to bid they do some banking bailouts and things like that and i think it came from the housing market which led us into the you know almost the great depression like we were headed towards so in that event where my salon my first salon location was it was in an area that it was it was a decent area when I first moved there, but over time the the neighborhood started going down. And remember, with any business, location, location, location. Well, with my first salon, you know, I like I said, I had during that time when the the market was crashing and people wasn't coming to really to getting their hair done as much, you know. Although 
a lot of times people spend money on their hair before they do anything else. And I also had a few other people like Rennie booth renters that in the, in the facility as well. So, I mean, things just, girl, they started drying up. Really, it was like everybody was scared to spend money, it seems like, right? Mm -hmm. So, well, I mean, it had come to the point where I was just breaking even, meaning breaking even as far as paying the bills, and I didn't have anything to take care of my expenses and pay myself in the business. So I just kind of tried to tough it out. And that was in 2008, the whole entire year, girl, I saw things declining and, you know, looking at my books, my balance sheet, my income statement and my, you know, my um, profit and loss statements. And I was like, wait a minute, things are, you know, here again, you got to pay attention to your books. So I was like, wow. And I really had to make a hard decision to just, I moved from that location and I just closed that salon down altogether. And in 2009, I felt a relief when I did it because I was trying to sit there and struggle through, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. but I was fooling myself and I was looking, my numbers wasn't lying to me, but my, I was, you know, let this be a lesson to anyone out there that think that, Hey, your numbers are an illusion. No, when you have your numbers right before you, you better pay attention to, to them. And right now in a climate like this, if somebody's out there and they feel like they're Profit and loss, you know, statement is not, is, is not you getting, you going into the red, you better do something and do something fast. And what I did was I closed that location. I moved that pretty low, that location, closed that salon down totally. And I started over and had a new, you know, came out with a new, you know, business model. Like for instance, with the, the, um, when I closed those doors, I didn't no longer do the booth rental and that kind of thing. I had employees at my second salon. I hired people to do the work and I moved into a newer facility, had, you know, new equipment and just did everything over. It took me about a year after I moved in 2009 to get everything to, you know, reset myself. And some people may have to do that now. So don't think as, you know, if you have to, do something different but now we're in a different climate social media is more helping us market back do marketing and back then marketing was really more expensive for us to do it but versus now we pretty much can you know we can reinvent ourselves quicker now than we right. could you know than i i you know looking back i it was it was it was a trying time and i'll tell you girl i was so i i felt like a failure but I, then I realized, no, I'm not a failure. I just had to make some hard decisions yeah. <laughs> about my business. Now, I want to yeah. drill down that. I want to drill down in that a little more. So the business was failing. You were losing money. How did you, how did, how were you able to recoup enough or get yourself into the second location? Okay. When I closed those doors, I just, what I did was I went for about maybe a year. between that time when I left that salon, I went somewhere into like a salon suite myself. And I just said, let me just go in without, you know, having all of the overhead as much as I did. I just went there, rented some space, was in a salon suite myself, although I still had my own business, but I wasn't able to do, I could only be the only one doing services and maybe selling my retail product but i knew that i just wanted more than just me behind the chair every day and me not having you know leveraging 
that business totally, meaning having employees and or either booth runners or things like that. So that's how I build my cash flow back up. And I still have mostly my clientele. Now, I didn't really lose a, a, a lot of them, you know, like walk-ins, they wasn't walking in as much, but those people that really stuck by me and they still with me to this day, but there were a lot of them that, you know, they, they, you know, wasn't as many walk-ins as it used to be. And, and then the area I was in, things were just, you know, people just didn't have the, um, they didn't have the disposable income. So you, and that's another important thing. You got to make sure you're around a, a particular area, especially if you have a brick and mortar where people have the disposable income. And so that's, that's why I had to, you know, if that answers your question. Yeah. There. So that's what I had. Yeah, that's what I had to do. And I did that for, like I said, about a year. And then I went back. Oh, and let me tell you this. I, um, I end up being able to save up. I end up saving up like $15,000 within that year. When I left, it was about 15000 and I started my, you know, and I didn't look back. I started my, you know, my um, second salon, and I didn't look back. Now, what I have to, you know, and then when um, when I got married, my, you know, me and my husband, you know, during that time, I, I got the salon myself, but he came aboard, you know, my, well, actually, my ex-husband, we were working in the salon together and you know when he was helping you know helping out doing little things like any repairs and that kind of thing so that helped i didn't have to go out and hire anybody to do stuff like that but then eventually i um health wise i had to close those doors because i got you know i got ill i got sick so okay. you know i th- that was the only reason i ended up closing the, that salon down and then i stopped but i was doing my business coaching too so then i started doing coaching full-time I find that that story is so interesting because at a point where a lot of other people would have gotten a job, there Uh must have been some type of inner faith, some type of inner strength that carried you through because you saw a goal that Uh you wouldn't deny. And that that's almost something like you can't bottle it and sell it. But if you can speak to that, where, where do you get that, that faith from? How do you keep that stability? Mm. Well, I am a firm believer. First of all, I am, you know, I'm a true believer in God. You know, I read my word and I know know that, yes, I know that all things are possible. I, I, quote scripture myself and I just really do believe that anything we set our minds to it can happen it's almost like some people say about the law of attraction it's I don't know it's it's so you got to really believe in what you want to do you got to believe in it you got to no matter hell or high water excuse my French but you have to believe that you can do it and I know people can laugh at you. They may, you know, you may hear all kind of suggestions and advice. No, you shouldn't do this. And you, you may get all kind of um, consultation, un- unsolicited consultation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to believe. And that's what, yeah. And so that's what, and I'm sure you've had that, you know, issue along the way with some things maybe you want to do. Because mm-hmm. people, if they don't see it for themselves, they will never see it for you. So you have to basically, let me tell you, and you have to plan. And, you know, I'm big on business planning. I, that second salon, girl, I business plan. I got that plan in my, 
file right now what I, you know how i started that second salon and even with my first one i did a business plan so that's very important too that is so important business planning don't forget that whatever you do don't forget to plan and that's how i survive my faithful one but god say write the vision and make it plain mm. you know so you got to write the vision the vision has to be written. It doesn't have to, it can't stay in your head now because you're going to miss all of the what ifs. You're going to miss the, you're going to miss some costs that you didn't count. You know, you weren't able to count because you didn't write the plan out. You have to do that. You have to. Absolutely. Yeah. What are three misconceptions that people have in starting and or running a business? Okay. One misconception is it takes a large amount of money to start a business that's one misconception and what i mean by that they, they some people think that oh you got to have fifty thousand dollars i can't start it out sometimes you have to bootstrap your business you have to start small some businesses are started in their kitchen some businesses are started in you know their basement you know jeff bezos started his in his basement count the costs and see you can start off small you don't have to start off big your business businesses grow they grow when you start off small and you're seeing them grow then they're more sustainable and then the second thing is um some people like i just said you don't need a business plan it can be one page business plan it doesn't have to be a whole book 30 page it can be a one page a two page or three page or a four but you have to know where to start and then where you're going to end. And the last thing is, some people think that marketing, this is some, this is some mis misconception. They don't think that marketing is important. You must have a marketing budget. How are people going to know you exist? Mm -hmm. How are people going to know? And I, I found that now that is one of the things that I found in some of my clients from the beginning. But they have been, you know, they, they realize now they always oh, very important to have some market, a marketing marketing budget and to have some marketing, um, you know, game plans or some marketing, you know, at least planning, you know, have your marketing plan for the whole entire year if you can. You know, you can start off with every three months, every six months or every 30 days, you know, just you got to start from somewhere. But marketing is, you know, this is a misconception. They think marketing isn't necessary. They just think that you could, they can just get out there and, okay and tell everybody a word of mouth and not do any any strategic marketing it's so important yes and depending on how you market is going to be dependent upon the business that you obviously have and marketing yes. is a whole different other beast of an animal <laughs> yes exactly yes ma'am <laughs> so yes, out of the exactly. out of the uh, different clients that you've worked with can you share an example of someone who was coming from absolutely no previous knowledge of starting a business to becoming successful at running their business? Yes. Um, yes. I, I worked with one of my clients. They knew nothing about business and, you know, and not even the terminology of business and, you know, just breaking things down from them from the standpoint of what words mean, even in business. And this person has three businesses now within, I started working with them a year and a half ago and they came to me about with an invention to help them to kind of get that with trade marketing and things like that. You get it as, you know, just kind of set up the structure of the business. So I did that. And now they have a cleaning services, a service that has about three contracts. Like I mentioned to you early, early, it's good to have contracts within your businesses as well. 
and they consult me for their day-to-day operations. So this is the a person said, you know, I got to keep you aboard, Sandy. I mean, you know, I got to keep you, you know, I got to keep yep. you almost like, right, go ahead. No, no, no. I was agreeing. Oh, yes. I got to keep you aboard. Like even with my, any kind of thing, you're going to be my business coach or business consultant, what they call me say, you know, cause I need your expertise. And, and then, you know, he's, you know, also says that even, you know, I, I, I got to have you as a retainer pretty much. That's what he said. He told me, like, <laughs> you need, I got to have you aboard. So that particular client, like I said, in L in the determination of the client. So that is one of my clients that was determined. You have to be determined. You know, a, a coach or a business, you know, strategies or whatever can only help you so much. It has to be, you have to want it for yourself. Yep. I asked that question just because I'm, I'm originally from Camden, New Jersey, and I uh-huh. have been so many places. I've met so many different types of people, but I can definitely say I have met some of the most talented people, some of the brightest hustlers, if you want to say it like that, right. in the hood. People that will match up against people I've met in college, people who are making, you know, six figures. And right. I think it's just the belief in yourself to be able to do it because talent is absolutely out there and a college degree is not going to stop you from doing it. Exactly. It can help, but just, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we got an opportunity to kind of hit on that because I just, I always, I I can think of a couple people even off the top of my head where the talent is just there, but where they're from because of the environment, you might not necessarily think that you could do it, but you can, (laughs) you can. You know, especially right. since you've probably yeah. already been through some of the hardest trials of your life. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, so thank ma'am. you for giving that type of hope. My last, yeah. uh, my last question to you. So what is it that you're offering now? I know you have pamphlets, you have classes. What can people be diving into right now and what you're offering? Okay, they can be diving into what I'm offering now is start your business setup. If you have no earthly idea about your business or what kind of business you want to do I can help you come up with ideas and then also my marketing targeting just targeting your marketing right now and then helping you with your structure and um, pretty much business credit definitely personal and business credit those are the things that I am definitely focusing on right now because I think it's needed after this COVID-19 um, you know pandemic for us i think that's what's very very is going to be needed right absolutely and you can get items removed off of credit like you're doing from start to finish how is it working absolutely yes and it is working and like i mentioned to you when we spoke yesterday they have to do do the work i will Mm -hmm. guide them through they have to do the work they have to be willing to do the work and be patient you know it's gonna you know it's gonna happen be patient with um be patient with the process. Right. And also you're, that's an opportunity for you to learn a little bit about what you're actually doing because just in paying someone to have them remove items off your credit, that's not necessarily, um, you know, adding to your resources or what you, you know, what, you know, you just kind of paid a check to somebody. Right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. 
Miss Sandy, thank you so much for your time today. I certainly appreciate it. And this is not going to be the last time. I'm okay. going to have you no. back. So don't forget about me. <laughs> oh, no, don't forget about me either. No, I enjoyed this interview. And thank you. I am honored that you even asked me to. Oh, thanks, Miss Sandy. Yes. Enjoy yes. the rest of your day. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. And that is the show for today, guys. I hope that you were able to get a gem or two out of that interview and the overall show. I want to ask you to do me one favor before we part. If you enjoyed this show and you know someone who needs to hear it, do me a favor and send this show to one person. That would mean the world to me. Before we leave, I just want to say my deepest condolences to anyone who has lost a friend or family member during this time. You are not alone, and we pray for you. Guys, be blessed, and I'll check you next week. Thank you for listening to Spicy Pecan Podcast. This is a wonderful new media production.